Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, before we get into our passage for the week, we want to announce an upcoming opportunity. Heritage Bible Church will be sponsoring a four-day marriage tune-up seminar beginning April 22nd for four consecutive Wednesday evenings from 6.30 to 7.30 at HBC in Boise. Dr. Tom Westall will be presenting 14 topics aimed to strengthening and protecting your marriage. I've said this before, but the best time to attend a seminar like this is when you don't yet need it. But there's something here for everyone, married or contemplating marriage, whether your marriage is cruising along or hitting some bumps in the road. And you are all invited to come and join us for all or any of those days beginning April 22nd at 630 at no charge. And we know it will be valuable. Well, for this week, we find ourselves finishing up Mark chapter 6. Right after the feeding of the 5,000 men and their families, the disciples piled into the boat yet again. But this time, Jesus told them to go on without him so that he could go pray alone. And this set the stage for another miraculous display of Jesus' divine authority over every aspect of creation. Have you ever found yourself face-to-face with the divine reality of Jesus' word and who he really is, and were still too dense to get it? Well, of course you have. We all have. And as we'll see in this passage, Jesus' disciples still didn't get it either. And that's just another demonstration of just how great he is and how comparatively small we are. And just how hard and unreceptive our hearts can be to what he offers us, even as we commit our lives to follow him. Here is today's slice of the message entitled, Take Courage, It Is I. As a matter of fact, knowing Peter, I suspect he was running across the water to meet Jesus. I don't know that for sure. And then, oh, you know what's coming next. Matthew 14, 30 and 31. But seeing the wind, he became, what? Frightened. Frightened is the torpedo that sinks your faith. Seeing the wind, he became frightened. And beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? It's clear what happened, and uh, the Greek grammar makes it even clearer than the English can capture because of using a, a participle. It said, Peter was taking his eyes off Jesus, and he started paying attention to the wind, which didn't matter a bit to him 10 seconds ago. Didn't, didn't care at all. Just want to be near Jesus. That's when you sink. When you start paying attention to the wind and the waves. Now, isn't it interesting that Jesus called Peter, you of little faith. The same guy that three ticks ago 
has enough faith to walk on water. What made him sink? Started looking around at the circumstances. And in the words of Jesus, he says, Why did you doubt? That little word doubt comes from a root for the number two. You doubt when you stray from certainty and you start to consider that there is an option number two other than keeping your eyes on the Lord. With his eyes on Jesus and his heart driving him to be with the Lord, he was just fine. But when Peter started looking at the circumstances around him and he started weighing them as well, he started to sink. You get the principle? It goes right to you. Doubt, when you weigh another option other than obedience, that's the torpedo that is homing in on you. And you will sink. Now, like always, and just as He always does for you, Jesus met Peter at his point of need. At least Peter didn't start swimming back to the boat. At least he cried out to the Lord. So, Jesus meets him at his point of need. I I get the mental picture of Jesus walking the rest of the way to the boat. And it does say He reached out and grabbed Peter. I picture Him dragging Peter behind Him in the water. Maybe even by an ankle. That would be even more awesome to see. Or maybe He picked Him up and carried Him. I don't know. Now, you know who Jesus is. He is the one and only Savior. He's the Son of God who demonstrated that He was God in human flesh and He went on to die for your sins. You're going to choose to stake your life on those facts or are you going to be one that He calls one of little faith? In the New Testament, one of little faith is a person who knows a lot and fails to act on it. To be of great faith, in the words of Jesus, is to not know very much but act profoundly on the truth that you do know. Well, faith obeys. Faith leads you into trouble. Faith requires courage. Fourthly, faith changes your heart. It's clear from Mark's words that this was, at least to some degree, that night was some kind of a turning point in the faith of the disciples. Now remember, it was Peter who likely gave Mark most of the material for this gospel. And I think the humble version of Peter after he'd betrayed the Lord and then been restored and all that, I I think he would have left out that walking on water part. That's why it's in Matthew's gospel, not not in Mark. But Peter made sure that Mark included this. Look at verses 51 and 52. Then he got into the boat with them, and the wind stopped. And they were utterly astonished. Now listen to this description. For they had not gained any insight from the incident of the loaves, but their heart was hardened. That's saying between the lines that this was a turning point. This softened their hearts. They were utterly astonished. That's a a word that comes from a Greek word or a Greek root that means that they were were beside themselves. This just, this, this shook them up. This broke through the, the hardness of your heart, of their hearts. Now, I think you can find a certain comfort in the fact that even those men who were with Jesus full-time for three-plus years before this happened, how much they struggled to get to the point of unreserved trust and obedience. But at the same time, you can find comfort in their struggles. But don't forget, 
they didn't have the indwelling Holy Spirit that you have. Your ability to obey is more immediate than theirs. Let that sink in. And true to his message all the way through, Mark wants us to know that you really should be astonished, astounded, amazed at what you see Jesus do. Or as one person put it, your flabber should be completely gasted when you realize who He truly is. Faith obeys. Faith leads you into trouble. Faith requires courage. Faith changes your heart. And Now look at the epilogue. We will do well to read to the end of the chapter today. There isn't anything new here that Mark hasn't said in some other way before, and I, I want us to be ready to dive into a marvelous section in chapter 7 next time. But follow with me, Mark chapter 6, starting at verse 53. When they'd crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret, that would be near Bethsaida, and they merged to the shore. And when they got out of the boat, immediately, there's Mark's favorite word, immediately the people recognized him and ran about that whole country and began to carry here and there on their pallets those who were sick to the place where they heard he was. Wherever he entered villages or cities or countryside, they were laying the sick in the marketplaces and imploring him that they might just touch the fringe of his cloak, and as many as touched it were being cured. Oh, the compassion of Jesus to let this keep happening, even though so few of those people were genuine in their, in their faith. News obviously traveled fast after that incident of the woman in the crowd, touching the hem of Jesus' cloak and being healed. So not long afterwards here, many people, that, that, that becomes the, the thing to do. Lay your sick friend in the path where Jesus is coming and beg him to just let him touch their, his garment. So what do you do with this? Do you feel like you're in a storm, not of your own doing? Pretty good chance. If you love the Lord. Well, don't make things complicated. Obey the Lord Jesus Christ. Act as He wants you to act by speaking truth in love and showing compassion. Take courage. He will give it to you at all times in doses exactly as needed if you truly want Him to be glorified in your life. Know that as He said to them, it is I, this is me. Know that He's with you always. He'll never leave you, nor will He ever forsake you. So do not fear. Fear is the antidote for faith. So if you're blindsided by a storm, seek to be as close as you can to Jesus. Probably won't even have to walk on water to get to Him. When you're in the storm, don't run away. That's the time to redouble your efforts to take in the Word of God, to humble yourself before Him in prayer. That's the time to not get all turned inward, but to turn around and reach out. Consider everyone else more important than yourself, so you make sure you don't wallow in sadness and anxiety. Take courage, he says. It is I. Thank you, Father, that when we call out to you, it is to that same one, the great I am, you, our Heavenly Father, you, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.